Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Val could not make it on the train this week. We promised we'd go back to the sea, but unfortunately, Val couldn't make it. He had a last-minute emergency. Uh, he said something about um, he had to pick up his friend, who was also his weed dealer, up from somewhere. It was weird. Um, Freddy, how's it going? Hold on. Hold on. Stop the train. Hold on, please. Let me get out. Stop the train. Yeah, I can tell how last minute this is. Here you go. Get <laughs> on here, motherfucker. Hey, doing good. Just gotta... So what do you think? What do you think about having your weed dealer be your friend? Val says it's efficient. It means they're gonna control how much you smoke. I think you take it a step further and you just have your mom be your wheel de now, weed dealer. Now, now look, it just it just means they have an open relationship, all right? Like they're honest with each other. They talk a lot. They hang out. They don't like you know start doing a feel. Take it a step further though. Marry your weed dealer, then you get free weed, motherfucker. <laughs> free weed. Hey, look. Because if it was me, I'd be like in the fetal position in the corner with it, alright? I can't handle that stuff. It's too strong. Too strong. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, Freddy, <laughs> good to have you back. We had you guessed a couple uh, months back, and that was, a, that was a real joy. And we didn't get to where we wanted to, because we probably won, because we thought we were to talk about Dungeons & Dragons, because that's a thing we really enjoy. I mean, hell, maybe we did talk about it, but we didn't talk about it enough. It it was it was very it was very quick. It's like look, we were all obsessed with with Boji at the time. You know, who could not get enough of that? Oh, ranking of kings. You're correct. We were in our ranking of kings phase. Yeah, exactly. So so I mean, hell, that that has little uh, tidbits of D and D. But like speaking of D and D, that trailer, Paramount movie. What did you think? Okay, yeah, it's cool. It's a coincidence because where I was like, yo, uh, Freddie, get on this podcast. We can about D call uh, talk about D and D. And as soon as we say that, boom, boom Paramount <laughs> releases trailer. So I didn't see the trailer first. I saw the promo that IGN did for them on TikTok. Why do we keep trusting IGN with shit, first and foremost? I'm shocked that they put it on TikTok. Because that was awful. Because the guys at Saturday AM showed me this first. The um, freaking um, the, 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 the IGN TikTok promo they did for D&D. Where it was like 80 frames per second. Looks like a freaking... Um, Hell's Kitchen fucking ad, <laughs> yeah. or America's Top Chef, or whatever. Whatever these, these, it was like a reality show reveal. But it was good timing though, especially with like you know the ending of Stranger Things. Yeah, because like, you know, because uh, they you know of course like were hyping up D and D like crazy. They did a cross promo with D and D Beyond where they did a like a Vecna like event. Yep. It was strange. Yeah, you know, you know, pun intended. Um. We're getting a side of ourselves. We'll get to that. But yeah, you're seeing where our brains are at as we got in. So yeah, this is the and more podcast. It's D&D. &D. <laughs> this is the and more we claim to do. But to be fair, D&D &D has a very fond place in every Joy Boy's heart. Our long-term our long -term audience. We used to have a D&D &D show on the um, channel. Yep. And the audience loved it. It, was, it used to be a foundation of our channel. There, well, I mean, um, hell, I mean, I think there was like a meme about it because, like, you know, a lot of uh, new players. I actually finally went to uh, in-person D and D tables for the Adventure League, like the official rules of D. &D. Yeah, the official stuff. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. But like, I actually met a, a whole lot of people who were like, "Yeah, I'm here to play D and D. You been a D and D fan? Yes. Ever since I watched Stranger Things, I'm like, D and D's been here before Stranger Things." <laughs> Okay, I was I was wondering because you you because you prefaced to me when we were typing our notes this um, week. All right, you're like I want to talk about how it relates to Stranger Things because they make such a big thing. I'm like, and that goes to show how insular we are and what segment of D and D culture that I'm in at least, mm -hmm. where I've heard nothing about Stranger Things, but you sure as fuck have apparently. Oh yeah, that's apparently has been very effective. But we we need to like organize. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk about this new Paramount movie, because that's the most topical. Thing right, right, that's now. true. Yeah, we can just keep jumping ship. And my first reaction, so besides the fucking Target ad yeah. that IGN <laughs> did for them, bad yeah. idea. Then the trailer comes out, which should have came first. My, and my initial reaction, I don't hate it. I thought I would hate this. Mm -hmm. They're kind of Marvel-fying D&D, and I guess that's fine. Like... You could you could do far worse, can't you? I I don't know if that's really gonna be a good thing or a bad thing, but so far I like, think it's, it's I it's think okay. it's a long term bad thing. Yeah. But if you're talking about like making a bottom line, like you're trying to expose 
Di like Stranger Things and Critical Roles like like you're you're like drip your IV dripping a little bit of D and D <laughs> into the culture. Yeah. Now they're about to fucking slap the mainstream in the face with D and D. Like this is going into mainstream theaters. It's it's gotta have minions hours showing. All right. Like, how do you expose a mainstream audience to Dungeons and Dragons? Marvel fying is sadly the safest smartest solution i you know honestly though i think i have two initial theories about this like the first uh, theory is they're doing this so that way they can establish an audience um show them a little bit more of uh the lore and background of DD, and then they're going to split off into their own thing and if they don't the second theory is they just keep marveling it up until it just dies and becomes too hammy exactly like it, it's 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 just it's just gonna be it's gonna be marvel five they're like we're just we're, this is just a bankroll this 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 started as an ad for D and D. Mm -hmm. Like I, you could definitely tell the people working on this do have an enjoyment and a love for D and D. Yeah. I can see that. Did you see all the references they, they made in there? <laughs> yes, I see all the references, and I'm like, fuck, I'm a fucking nerd now. Because <laughs> I I'm I'm a pretty homebrew guy, so like I like you probably saw like five times more references than I did, you, but still. You know, I wouldn't actually. So because of recent events. I wouldn't have noticed a lot of things because a lot of it is actually directed at AL for uh, Adventure League. So that town they're in, it's um, uh, it's in like the realm of like like it was like Phandalin, and I think that's like a Greyhawk or something like that. And right now they're in the town of like Neverwinter, and it's just it's bonkers. Like all of like, it's I'm surprised how close everything has come together with like Adventure League and this movie. Just bam, just comes out of nowhere. Oh yeah, I, like I said, I, I think I, it looks like I said I don't hate it. It looks solid. I think this is the smartest. If you're going to expose a mainstream audience to D and D, I think they got it. I think they, I think they figured it out. Is it going to be actually like objectively good? I say jury still. I don't want to be a hater. I'm gonna wait till I will. I will see this in theaters, and then I will be the judge of it. That. Yep. Yep. Same. Like. But now, what do I really like about this? Mm. Oh my fucking god, Chris Pine is a bard. <laughs> My bisexual brain is going fucking nuts right it's now. It's actually perfect. Holy shit. I'm like, fuck, that is a bard. So they, they, they got a bard, a druid, a barbarian, and I think a sorcerer, because that guy back there. Yeah, and sorcerer. then all the rules lawyers in the fucking uh, tweets responding, oh, if he's a sorcerer, why does he have a uh, 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 staff? Yeah, yeah. oh, no, no, that's bullshit. They, they can have staffs. It doesn't matter about that. They and might then they, but one of my favorite jokes, though, was they, 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 they cast Justice Smith, which is like a hit, a, a hit or miss kind of actor, mm. and be like, he better be a healer. <laughs> if you're gonna catch Joseph Smith, you better be a healer. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> Dude, okay, because like you know what's crazy too is like um I, I believe that like some of the animators in uh, this movie they also uh, they threw in like their own like little complaints about the D and D system because uh, the druid turned into an owlbear and he can't be that. That's a yeah, people, and then people would fucking chat, and then and then and the comments were going, well, they uh they're trying to segue uh owlbear into beast and. Uh, Stuff like that. I'm like, that's the stuff that doesn't bug me. No, no. Because again, I'm a homebrew awesome. guy. <laughs> I play in a campaign right now with Peo, and we're pretty much if it's cool, he'll allow it. Which that's why, like, I'm actually excited because, like, what if like there actually is a new circle of uh, druids now where they can turn into like like monstrosities like that? That'd be so sick. Oh, you think they might be teasing some new um, possibly some new subclasses? Yeah, th they might. There's a more there's a more monstrosity based uh, druid. That would actually be Amazing. quite fascinating because they'll never give people. I shouldn't say they'll never give people a direct werewolf because Blood Hunter is definitely in that direction now. Well, they did with the uh, barbarian. But um, I always, I always consider the uh, the beast, uh, Mark of the Beast, uh, barbarian as the true werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I could see them trying to get a few more flavors of that in with the druid as well. It'd be like, so instead cool. Of, yeah, like like not necessarily a, a werewolf class, but like I I I. An homage, and more like, well, if you don't want to be a, a werewolf, you could be some other beast that you could work with. Like werebeast in I, general? Yeah, I could see that coming. I could see that coming. Oh, yeah. It, uh, like, th this this trailer in general, like, it, it, it does have, like, a lot of promise for the future. Maybe not so much as the film, but, of course, we have to wait until the, th the movie comes out in theaters. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna be a hater on this. I. I. They look like they're having fun, and so that's where I zip my mouth and go, okay. Yep. Innocent until proven. That guilty. that freaking right. the, the black dragon coming in like spewing out that acid. <laughs> that was so awesome. 
Yeah, I like it, it seems like like from the trailer they were kind of balancing, but this looks like it's gonna be a fucking riff. Um that being said, how much is it gonna be like the old D movie? Because it seems pretty similar in premise. Right. Um, where the good guys steal the wrong item mm -hmm. and set it up. And the only marked difference is, well, Jeremy Irons is in this one. Yeah, please. Far I want Jeremy know. Irons to be just like, ah, oh, the dragon. Give a cameo, right? Please. Be perfect. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, uh, speaking of subclasses, though. Okay. Um, What do you think about, like, all the fucking new books coming out? Because Wizards of the Coast just bought out D&D Beyond. Uh, yep. And they are pushing books hard, which is fucking hilariously ironic. Because the last time I listened to an interview with, like, Jeremy Crawford and all of them, they talked about how they weren't going to push a billion books on people. Mm -hmm. And immediately after, now it's like there's just new fucking books, like, every quarter, at least, it, it seems. It, it strangely feels uh, like, you know, like when Magic the Gathering, like, uh, before they would push out, like, a bunch of new sets. It feels like that, but now with D&D &D books. Um, yeah, and I'm which I'm having... not complaining because I'm a di I play digitally, so it's like, bro, just feed it right into my fucking feed, dude. Like, absolutely, good. It's automatically in there. Because you get to like find by stuff. me more content, more more puzzle pieces to play with to keep adding to my over already overly woefully overpowered character. And, and that's why, like you know, being in a in a local game store, I'm now actually getting like more of an insight on what's going on because actually a lot of dungeon masters that are concerned about this, they are having a huge balancing problem because with the things that's happening I bet in, in Tasha, I bet because some of these new shit is ridiculous oh yeah but because the things that's happening in Tasha's is actually like almost like taking a hammer and slamming into the, the rule set okay I like handball. Tasha's though I think Tasha's was a good thing it is good I I, I, really I think, think to me Tasha's I guess sir there was probably some over escalation going on mm -hmm. but for me Tasha's was finally getting through the rules lawyers and the fucking adventures leads motherfuckers are going no mm -hmm. we can flavor Flavor is now the rule of thumb. This is what's going to make the game more fun. Open it up to flavor. Start being more imaginative. I like I like that. I like that now races are much more flexible for flavor. Oh, 100%. I like this. That's why I, I like think the that custom was a lineage. Good thing. The custom lineage is such a good idea. Because like, if yes. you don't see like a race that you really want to play, you get to create your... And having the custom background and all that stuff, it, it doesn't yeah. break the game. It's enough to let you have room to write what you want. Yeah. And it's not necessarily also like even custom lunch by itself, but that opens up the door to discussion to being more like... Again, those rules lawyers and those and those advent strict adventure lees guys were like, well, yeah, but your dwarf has to be this and from this certain place and has to talk and speak another fucking way. Right. It's fantasy racism is what it is. And it's like, ah, uh, and then and the drow have to be like this. It's like, now that we have custom lineage, now, even if you choose to play a specific race, now there could be some leniency. I've only played Adventures League twice, like open table twice. And I always had wow. terrible fucking experiences. Yes, because like, people are just too strict. They need to relax. But to be fair, they're not writers and actors like we are. Like I say, I've had this discussion with you before. We are so spoiled for the for the options that we have as a group of friends in D and D. Oh, that's true. All our friends um, who are either players or DMs are writers and actors and game makers. Like so, like they're they they can they're more open and more creative, and they 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 encourage flavor. Right. And so when I go to something more strict like in-table play at a local game store, it's it's so bad. Also, there is like some discrimination against the jocks. It's not even fucking funny. I thought that was a joke. Someone warned me that if I walked up in there, they were going to be fucking mean to me. And oh my God, they fucking are. No way. Really? They, there's the some anti-jock fucking behavior. I'm like, that sucks. bro, don't make them on that table. I'm trying to be polite, but like, I'm like... I'm trying to like, bite my tongue, cause this fucker, this one fucker I was trying to play tried to kill me off like immediately. And thankfully, a few other people at the table were a lot nicer. Like, yo, hey, stop it, dude. No, okay, but it's not, like, not like people just store. need to get a fucking life, bro. Like, like we're here to all play. Like, this, it's not, it's not high school, bro. I'm not, I'm not the bully you made up in your head, bro. Besides, I, I, the one I you don't saw, the like, one you saw in My Hero Academia, and then, and then self-insert into your own life. Right. I mean, hell, like, uh, come on. I think it's a better strategy to incorporate the jocks so they can protect the nerds from all the haters. Don't you see? <laughs> the, the other thing, too, is the sexism because I wasn't allowed to play. You know me. I love to play 
women in D and like play. I like to play the characters I want to see oh, in no. fantasy and fiction. And these fuckers were like, no, you can't play as a woman. That's, I was like, yeah, well, that's bullshit. <laughs> you can't play as a woman. Bye. As in, I'm bisexual. I go both ways, motherfucker. You're Let's sorry. go. No, I'm gonna either I'm either either I'm gonna be a woman or I'm be a gay man. I know you hate one more worse than the other. I, you well, then I'm, I'm happy that like my store is like it's a lot more open uh, than that. Uh, they, they definitely want good. To be, like, I'm, I'm, I wish so. I, I want to play more in table D and D, mm -hmm. but I'd rather do it with my friends because my experiences in public have been fucking off. I mean, I, and I know that's not indicative of all of D and D, and I'm being very harsh. Oh yeah. And I know that the major the grand majority are very kind and very open. But my god, I've heard things, and then I experienced them, and I go, fuck, I actually was hoping they were wrong, that this was more kind of an opening. Y'all need to watch some more Critical Role, and actually listen to them, man. Everyone love everybody, come on. I, I mean, I think that's I think that's the biggest advice to anyone We're here who's to have like, fun, if, tell a story. For anyone who's, like, looking for tables, like, if, like, just any time you feel uncomfortable, just keep looking for a new table. Yeah, Do not walk feel the like you fuck away. Yeah, walk yeah, away. Yeah, if you don't fucking like your table, walk away. There will be more tables. D&D sounds like a very, like, I mean, because it used to be, like, I, the internet and Stranger Things, like you said, helping, yep. Critical Role, all D&D coming to the forefront of mainstream, now being weaponized by the internet, your options for tables to play on, whether they are physical or virtual, are now practically endless. It's just a matter of finding the one that you're the most comfortable at now. Yep. It can happen. Like, it's, because that's the reason why, like, you can walk now. In the past, you really couldn't walk away, could you? Like, you had very slim pickings it, it would be extremely rough because the hell i remember there was um there was an application called meetup which of course sounded suspicious at first but that was the only way for me to find um gamerati which uh, I, I don't think they're actually meeting anymore because i was originally looking for them and that's how i found this new uh game store group but like yeah no you're absolutely right you would either have to like have close friends or you have to like call people back who you maybe went to college with or school to like try to round up a group yeah. and even then Online because I mean if you if you difficult. go on Reddit if you go on D and D Reddit yeah. I'll go there to get some ideas sometimes mm -hmm. and it's just people just usually the older ones who are still in that old frame of mind were like well this is all I got they just fucking hate each other imagine playing a game for ten years and just hating everyone there <laughs> yeah, that's so rough man that sucks bro but that's a commitment to your character I guess right I kind of respect it but fuck. No, that's miserable. No, it's miserable not only for for everybody else, but also for yourself uh, at the end of the day. But yeah, now talk about these Stranger Things folks jumping on in now, because I, to me, I don't think Stranger Things has really made an impact on D and D. But from your perspective, it seems to be the case. It it's actually kind of crazy. Um, so I just finished watching Stranger Things. Uh, uh, did you watch it, by the way, at all? I watched the recent season. Um, this ain't a Stranger Thing podcast. Uh. I liked the first half mm -hmm. of this season, season four, I think it was. Yeah. And then I thought the finale, the last two like movie size episodes, fucking sucked. Damn. I I actually I, I liked it all the way through. I actually thought like the show was like really brilliantly done. Um, I, I I thought the I like the first half, even though there's some parts that don't work. It's a little disjointed, mm -hmm. and some characters don't work. But what does work, fucking works. I thought I like I was I was very much impressed because I it takes me I, I'm having I'm struggling with Netflix these days I don't like a lot of things on there and I'm like oh so Netflix does make good things and then that those last two episodes came out I'm like oh man I hope this ain't illustrative of what's to come because they're trying to turn Stranger Things into a full-on media franchise now they're trying to do stage plays and spin-off series I'm like oh good fucking luck yeah bro. But, but the other thing is like, like also look at the uh, the advertisements they were throwing there freaking um Alaska Airlines uh Burger King it's like dom like it went nuts how many companies are throwing their logos in there um but but the biggest influence. No, see, I thought they were I thought they were struggling because um mm -hmm. the, the 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 pineapple pizza place. Yeah, the surfer boy. That, that clearly they wanted to do Domino's or Pizza Hut, and neither said yes. They were like, no, fuck you. No, I think I because like they, they were doing a joke with like surfer boys because I I don't think they're real. I mean I don't know if they're still around. They might be. But it's uh, oh, is Surfer Boys an actual legitimate? Fucking yes, it is. Chain? Yes, it is. Okay, then then I, then I stand corrected. Then they they got the deal they wanted. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it felt legitimate. Um, but I, I guess I'm not that old, audience. 
But but the point is though, so what this show did for D and D, it kind of like showed uh, the the creativity of it, uh, how open it, it definitely can be. exposed a mainstream yeah. audience, and, and again in an ivy drip way. I don't think it does justice by D and D. I still think it's still very stereotypical and very well. This is how we've always viewed D and D from the eighties. I wanna, I know it sounds basic, but I do want. I don't even want the critical role way. I want the fucking. I want the uh, the the, mm. the mission to Zix and the and the and the adventure zone mentality. Not necessarily making fun of it, but just like no, go full on creative. It's not just Vecna and and all these buzzwords. It's just it's just a structure for collaborative storytelling. No, I mean that that's true. Well, and, I'm, I'm saying the reason dice. for it. It's just it it gives the idea that like you can have an adventure with your friends, and that that, that was the biggest impact that Stranger Things had. By showing, I do the like what it incorporates into its cool sto things. own story. I do like that. Exactly. Yeah. But it just in terms of like how we deal with D and D alone, I'm just like, oh, it's it's dealing with the satanic panic and stuff. I'm like, yeah, D and D did exist during the '80s, but it's been like we're like 30 going on 40 years now. Mm -hmm. D and D is very different now. Let's let's. T I I I want to see people talk about modern D and D. I'm still waiting for that in a way that's not told by fucking uh, Big Bang Theory. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, no, no. You're I right want honest, that. and that's what—that's where my hope is for this D and D movie by Paramount. Boy, I mean, uh, that would be because the fact that like this, you know, Paramount movie D and D is going to be actually based on like a story. Like it's they're actually going to fully dive into the world of D and D. Yes, that's why I said like you know I don't know if the movie is going to be amazing, but it's it's a hope for the future. They're being honest about the structure and what's in the in the pre-made books. Exactly. Yeah. It's just in terms of how they approach it, like how much irreverence, how much earnest. I want, I want an earnest D and D film, and I know if they Marvelify it, that's not gonna fucking happen. So I'm just praying for some earnest elements in a modern, in a modern scope. Like I, I, I want mod a modern lens with an earnest, with an earnest emotion. Yeah, but, but that was. And that I was think my... Chris Pine can deliver that. Mm. And and that's why it was. Uh... That's why I mentioned the whole Stranger Things in the first place, because like it it was the biggest impact for a just like the idea of like being able to play it is like okay, and I, I understand that like yeah like because it was talking about the eighties and how like they kind of thought of it as a uh, satanic cult, but I think that's why they were also kind of making fun of the idea at the same time. So like I don't think they were actually like you know seriously imposing the audience that like oh yeah this this could totally happen. Is that what you're mentioning earlier? Oh no, I don't think I don't think Stranger Things was making fun of it at all. I just like it was the fact that it continues to be nerds at a fucking table, the, the geeks. If you play D and D, you're a fucking nobody. Although they did something right, they got the little sister involved this season. Yes, I. And love I the thought that was fucking incredible. <laughs> and she's but like, they, like when they when when they when when they introduce Eddie Munson, they introduce him like a fucking insane person, especially when he's playing D and D. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did not like. Like, I wish we got, like, ha second half of season Eddie Munson DMing a game of D D Dungeon uh, Dungeons and Dragons. That would have been modern scope. Um, I actually, I actually they do, but that, they, yeah. But if you were talking about anything about modern scope, they do use the satanic panic as an allegory for, like, modern wagging the dog of blaming, like, societal problems on one thing that's clearly not the problem. Mm -hmm. For, in this case, gun violence, and they immediately go to video games, even though scientifically that is proven false but no one who makes those headlines cares about scientific facts of course and it's like so i like the allegory there but again like i want to see dnd played modernly in pop culture exposed to the mainstream because i feel like once you do that that's when you're really gonna get the full mainstream on board with dnd as an as as like a video game like the way video games are now so mainstream and so universally enjoyed Despite that's the media true. blaming it, because it's so behind. Well, actually, I'm curious about that. Have you ever uh, played um, uh, Solasta then, uh, Crown of the Magister, or something like that? Nope. It is it is a really cool game that's on Xbox One uh, and on PC. That actually really incorporates uh, the rules of D and D, and it lets you um, on the PC you get to actually like have like modifications. But point of it is like you know they are starting to create more games uh, online. Like if you don't have a table, well, we, with we friends, don't need we games do like D and D though. We have D and D. What I'm saying is I want to get D. I want to get D and D itself 
into the full-on mainstream. No, no, I, I agree with that. What I'm just saying is, like, we are actually starting to see more signs of uh, involvement into D&D, &D, into further, uh, like, different scopes. But you... It's creepy. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree. It's definitely creeping in there. Again, it's creeping into Stranger Things. It's creeping into video games, as you said. We're getting there. But we it's definitely just like, need we're, more. We're already yeah. in the process. I want to get past the process. I want to see it there. Because, like... I guess what then what would be your interpretation like what would be like the next step because like right now you know we've got critical role we've well, got well I Dimension think I 20. think the Dungeons and Dragons movie if it's successful is the next step right where it's not Lord of the Rings fine it's like it's really leaning to the fact that this is Dungeons and Dragons we're adapting this in the same vein that we would adapt Detective Pikachu or something like we are we are absolutely full on committed in representing something and I think that's it it just needs to do well and, to, and for in my eyes to do well. You can't just go by the numbers. Like, you need to tell a genuinely earnest... Story, yeah. Story that actually enjoys being there and says, guys, this is Dungeons & Dragons. This is why this is so incredible. And we want to encourage you to get fucking involved. You know, the biggest thing that I really hope they Because I don't to... think Stranger Things, at oh. least from... Again, you've proven me wrong. I don't think encourages long-term D&D play. I think it's, oh, this is what... I'm going to try it. And then they realize that modern D&D is nothing like the way you see it in Stranger Things. Well, okay, so what I mean by that is, like, Stranger Things, it got people interested. But once yeah, people I mean, yeah, started yeah, playing yeah, the yeah, game, you, you put the, they liked You put the word in their brain. You put the earworm in there. It, it, exactly. And then once they actually and then they go, And then they, they go to the Avengers League and they go, oh, wow, this is nothing like Stranger Things. I want where we see something in media and go, that's D&D. &D, and then they come to Avengers League or they play with their friends. And they go, okay, this is exactly like it was advertised to me. Uh, this is awesome. I, we need to line up with the way that modern D&D is actually played. And that's the fact that, and I, and, and, and I consider modern D&D to be Tasha's finally. Where we're, we're finally throwing, as much as we joke about they're, they're, they're selling too many books, we are throwing the books out the window at the same time. The books are now a guideline. You put that, you read the words in your head, then you throw the book in the trash and go, okay, this is my homebrew world. Yeah. So that way you that, that create, being like, said, there's nothing things. wrong with playing with the worlds that they provide. Because again, not everyone's a fucking writer and a storyteller. I get that. It's like I'm setting up a video game. They're the guidelines. Literally guidelines. But I'm to just help saying, be, don't be afraid to fucking diverge from the structure that you've been given. Yeah. Instead of, well, the drow has to act a certain way. No, let the drow do whatever the fuck it wants. Oh God. Is it entertaining? Is it not like ruining the game? Like like breaking? There's a difference between. Letting someone do what they want and breaking. You, of course, don't let someone break the game. Don't do that. But and there's a and there's a distinct balance between those things. Right, but like then there should also be like rulings that were like you know some people like want to play like uh, the the drow and there's like sunlight sensitivity. You know, I, I feel like uh, yeah, throw that like, shit out well, the window. We have that right now. We do that right now in our campaign. Exactly. We never cut adjust. It, we never deal with sunlight sensitivity. Fuck. Because it's ridiculous. You know, like sure, it's like you're stupid. in the underdog, but like you can adjust to it because you're an adventurer. Like. Unless the player agrees, like if the player insists, like basically, like if the player insists, like if they pick that character, and went, oh, I want this character because of the sunlight sensitivity, because that to me is a very fun um, storytelling, yeah, uh, potential absolutely. in that. Mm -hmm. Then, then go with it. That's what we, we what we mean is don't punish your fucking players. Well, the book says you, you're, you're. Uh, this is my sunny beach island campaign, and you chose to be a drow. Well, get fucked, idiot. Fuck that. Look, it, and that's the kind of shit that I encountered in person, and I hate that. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, you're, and you're I, trying and to... stop. Y'all you're, you're, you're are to the bullies. You know that. You, people who act like that. You're the real fucking bully. Yep. Stop it. Well, look, look, because... This big... is supposed to be... This is supposed to be fun for everyone. Sunlight interview does not make or break a game. You're not trying to tell a story of a game. You're trying to play the game to tell a story. That's the point. Yeah. Period. You've you period. You've done it, Freddy. You've you pin you put the pin. In I've it. saved the you world. Got it. Perfect. But but in the movie, I hope that the party dynamic, and I don't mean in stats, I mean in like personalities. I hope they meld well. I hope they're like really like they're good friends. They work to like bounce off of each other. Uh, that's I hope it's really actually a game know. of D&D. I hope, like, I hope, like, at time, that's the D&D mm -hmm. movie I want, actually, yes. Freddy. Mm -hmm. I want where they're, play they're playing a game of D&D. And they're, like, so Stranger Things slightly does that. They incorporate it. They lace it into their narrative. Oh. I want a D&D-focused movie where it's a bunch of real-life people 
playing D&D and you cut back and forth between D&D and real life yeah, and, and what how they're one imagining. affects the other, that oh, is what cool. I'm talking about. Now that's, that's, that's what a I cool want. Idea. That is a very cool idea. And I hope we at least, I know this isn't going to be that film, but I hope we get traces of it. I hope at like maybe like post credits or at the very end of the movie, you go, all right, and then you zoom out and it's just Chris Pine and all of them in real life <laughs> playing D&D. And it's just a diverse fucking group of people playing D&D, people from all walks of life. They come together to play D&D. Like, that's the D&D movie I want. That actually sounds Where there's like an really old cool guy, idea. there's an old guy from the old days playing it, newcomer, everyone in between, uh, the, the, the guy who saw it just because he saw it in Stranger Things, the guy who's playing it like an anime character. You know, you know all these fucking tropes. Of because course. they're fucking real. And, and the Dungeon Master all fucking should real. be... Because uh... I'm, the, I'm the fucking anime guy <laughs> playing D&D. And the Dungeon Master is uh, Joe Magnello. That, that's who it's got to be as they zoom out. <laughs> bro, don't, man. Okay, my bi can't. Don't make me go full gay at the end, bro. Come on. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's the D&D movie I want to see. I'll be honest. No, I And I, I know back I in the day true. someone was pitching a cartoon. Um back in the day, I basically when I was cartoon. developing shit for Paramedic and I was I was interviewing people and taking notes on how to do a pitch and stuff, and I ran across this guy who had a fucking great pitch for a D&D cartoon. That was exactly how I just stayed. That's probably where I got the idea from. Was from him. Cuz they were working they were working. I hope I hope it got I hope it got picked up. And the fact it's been years and I haven't heard from it probably means no, but I'll hang out hope for that cartoon. Buck. Hey, uh, yo, you know if you're listening does. to this and you did that, you were working on that cartoon, bro, I'm cheering for you. Yeah, make it happen. Please, make it happen. Make it happen. They had a great idea where it was a it was a half D&D, half IRL show. And then contact Droid for the uh, the, the voice talent because uh, <laughs> since you've got a, enough people. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I think, well, I think right is there anything else about D&D you want to talk about? Because I'm just like... What are you? So, what care? What kind of character are you playing right now in your uh, in your table? Oh snap! Um, you know it's 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 funny you asked. Um, so, I'm I'm in an uh, AL setting where like it's gonna be AL, but it's also kind of uh, unique. So it's gonna be a little bit more harsh, a little more survival esque. And I already went through uh, two characters. I went through uh, Marin, as you remember. <laughs> Uh, Marin from our private yep. one I'm playing with Pedro now. Freddy popped in once in a while to play Marin, the the cleric turtle who I loved. He was a little foxy grandpa. That he was, was kind of like yeah. he was like Master Roshi with a gambling addiction. <laughs> I loved him. I loved him. Nah, he's he's, he's still uh, one of my favorite guys. But like, um, he he did not work out. That was uh, that was that was unfortunately too terrifying to study because we're doing a ghost of Salt Marsh. Um, okay, yes. And then after that, I tried the uh, as a. Um, uh, Molly uh, Stone. He's like this, like little. He's he's a human from like the Feywilds, and he's like a mix of like sorcerer, uh, clock soul work with the um, warlock hexblade. So he does a mix like that. Right. Okay, now, so he's a sorlock. Yeah, thank you. That, that's perfect. Right now, though, the character. Uh, it's funny. I didn't tell the players, but they're probably not going to hear this. But if they do, whoops. Um, I'm going to be creating a uh, Barbosa lookalike. I'm literally going to create a swashbuckler with a uh, warlock. Um, what's it called? It's Dang a it. swashbuckler rogue? Yeah, yeah, but like with the, with the, with the warlock, it's uh, it's an undead something. It's in the, Und uh, the, 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 the depths or something. No, it's you know what? It's the one that Marisha's playing right now. It's that undying. Warlock. Undying. That's it. Because that's sick. Because if you think about it, like it's literally like a, a ghostly visage. But I'm not going to tell the other players because uh, I'm going to talk to the dungeon master. And be like, hey, I don't want to say anything yet. So when I take that level in warlock, I'll literally do the whole th like. You're in a ghost story now, boys. And it's like, whoa! I know. And it's funny that you're mentioning that because I'm developing a pirate-esque character right now, too. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the private campaign we're playing, I'm playing my favorite build I've ever made. Um, speaking of, not Tasha's, but uh, the, the the dragon one that came either before or after. It was definitely in tandem with Tasha's. Uh, they introduced the Ascendant Dragon Monk. Oh, God, yes. Incredible. So everyone who's been dying, everyone who's been begging to play as Goku or Luffy or any anime character, there you go. they finally made it. With flavoring, if you can, if you have the imagination to flavor, they finally made your anime build. Mm. And let me tell you, too. it's fucking incredible. It's my favorite build ever on play. But I did a level one um, Divine Soul Sorcerer dip as well. And that's been fucking amazing. So it's 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 just one level of sorcerer, and then all ascendant dragon monk, my favorite. Love her so much. I, I remember bits of bits of her. Like she. Yeah, because you you saw her a couple times when you were playing. She's awesome. Powerful. My favorite build other. But that being said, Pale's a tough DM. This is getting tough. 
Mm. And we're, we are getting on the borders of, so we're going to start losing characters soon. Because we're getting reckless. We are getting cocky, and the game's getting harder. And so I have to start preparing for the possibility if my character dies. Mm. So I'm tr I'm currently trying to um, prepare a... Um, um, I want to make like a pirate doctor. Not Chopper, you motherfuckers. <laughs> not Chopper. Why not? I wanna I'm, trying I'm making a guy called Captain Sawbones. And I want to go like... I want to go... Um, Hand of Mercy Monk, which is the monk that heals. Yes, and takes away life. That's an interesting way yes. looking at it. No, so Hand of Mercy is so fucking sick because it totally skirts around um, Flurry of Blows because Hand of Harm doesn't require an attack roll. It just automatically adds damage with, with the cost of a key point, That's which crazy. is pretty fucking sick. It's actually more efficient than most other monks for damage, plus healing because every time I play a D&D campaign, I'm always begged to be the cleric. I'm like, bro, I'm trying. You know how badly I've tried to make a doctor character and I can't because all I, all I have to work with is either cleric or, or um, celestial warlock. I'm like, I really don't like these. But then I see Hand of Mercy Monk and mm -hmm. I go, now that Ascendant Dragon Monk has taught me how to play monk. Because before then I would never touch a monk. I always thought monk was boring. But with Ascendant Dragon, they finally figured out the one that I would like to play. And now I'm like, oh. Now I don't know what I would do without a monk in my life, because <laughs> I love it. I, I structurally love it so much now. I mean, and I'm, so I'm making a, I'm making a hand of mercy monk. That's a that's a pirate doctor, mm. where he's got the but 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 like less of a swashbuckling like stereotypical pirate and more of like the sailor's hat and the and the pea coat and the white beard and the cornpipe kind of pirate. Oh, like kind of like on like like a fisherman boat or Nate like Yeah, like a, yeah, like a fisher, like a fisher, like a lighthouse keeper. Yeah. Kind of oh, that's sick. I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind I'm kind of working on. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, cuz not somehow not a, I never encounter enough pirates in D&D. And now I want to be the I've always said I want to be the woman I want to see in uh fictional fantasy and fiction. <laughs> now I want to be the pirate I want to see in fantasy and fiction. You know, well, because it's interesting before, um, before like uh, the Ghost of Saltmarsh and in general, a lot of like naval battles in D&D were actually really difficult to um, create. I mean, there were a lot of like good homebrew like ship battles that have been created yes. over the years, but it's been hard to do um, sea combat because like a lot of creatures just like are not good at swimming. So if they get tossed off the boat, whoops. And that's why with it's like, like the game over books, for a lot of people because well, well yeah. I was wearing my heavy armor exactly, and that's why with the newer books, it really does. You're right about that. It really does open the doors for being more creative and just in general. Oh yeah, I would. Oh my gosh, I, I I'm glad that none of those those in person games I played were on a fucking boat because my god, that would have been fucking miserable. Oh yeah, would have been absolute like dog shit because you probably would have pushed up like um yeah you probably uh, can't swim because that armor's gonna weigh yeah, you down yeah you can't swim you're wearing heavy armor goodbye we're in a world of magic can I do anything oh, I don't think so can my friends help oh no they're not creative enough they're, they're <laughs> looking they're looking through the books right now trying to figure out what their, their amount of moon like no gotta be daring you gotta try things like um and that's why I've always I've always enjoyed you've always been very theater of the mind in that regard you've been very great on that regard as well of just like as long as you got a flow, you're good. As long as it makes sense. Yes. Uh, or you know, as long as you're not breaking the game, mm -hmm. we're good. And like you know, uh, for 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 DMs that like that really like want to do like more of a survival thing, that's I mean that's that's fine and all. But like no, I, would I think give... I no, I would love to play a survival campaign. Oh yeah, but like I would always like give. But like, don't some... be a dick about it. Exactly. Like give the players like one last chance. Like either like let's say like you mix missed uh a, sorry a mixed you miss a death save or. A dexterity save, excuse me, and you fall off the ship. What if like something catches you, just like like out of the blue? Like what if there was like nets or a rowboat on the side? Well, that not even that. You? Like give them a chance, bro. Right. Give them a chance to save. Give the guy a chance to save himself. Give the cat. Give the players a chance to the team to save their friend. Like, and then if it doesn't work out there, yeah, man, ba bad dice rolls, baby. Like you gotta laugh it off. Yeah, at exactly. That point. It happens. Well, but my 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 thing is like any like fucking like survival campaign DM should like it should be a requirement that they play Breath of the Wild. Because <laughs> like I you should be required. That's how you yes. that's how you do a that's how you do a survival system. Which is like why I gotta tell you like you know and when you do get to meet the DMs that are like really creative and are honestly like, maybe a little crazy like that's when you got like a couple of keepers. Uh, this new DM I've been working with like he's he's really cool. He's he's like. He, he, he could be, like, a harsh DM because he made these, like, goblins actually really terrifying to fight. 
but that was also the incentive. It was really cool. And he literally was talking to one of the players, like, hey, you know, um, yeah, what was the idea you had? Like, yeah, could I, like, druid shape into a bow? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the best, the best D. So basically, like, my policy, in the rare occasions that I DM, my policy, I always say at the table when I get someone is, yes, and. Don't ask me if you can do it. Do it. And then I'll tell you what the fuck happens when you attempt it. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I will never punish creativity. I will do something. It, it may not be the results you want, but I'm not gonna punish you for it unless you're being a fucking dipshit. But if you want to do something silly, again, it's not gonna be what you think's gonna happen. But like, I will make it fucking work. And that's the best kind of D. And not just beyond that, but like a D a DM that takes input. Like, what's that thing you're talking about? Like, listening to what your players want and incorporating it. That's a good. That's a good. That's a keeper DM. Absolutely, because like taking taking notes about like character goals uh, of what they want to do and trying to incorporate everything is like that's why it's very hard. I, I feel like now after playing a couple of these games to follow the modules to a T, because like I feel like you should be able to follow the modules. Meanwhile, keeping in mind what the characters, what the players want, because if it's gonna be like you're following a module like all the way to the end of like let's say like the the mines of Phandalin and you have to defeat the spider, I don't want like a player to be like oh I know what's gonna happen. The spider's in there. It's like, ah, throw a twist in there. I don't care if it's AL. Throw just one little twist so that way players who played it before can't do what you needed to do. Okay, hold that thought, Freddy. Jujutsu Kaisen is still mid. Okay, go on. <laughs> okay, you know what? I, I am a little curious because I, I still haven't gotten a chance to really dive into Jujutsu Kaisen. Like, you should. I, I, I would still highly recommend it. Okay. Despite my feelings on it and the way I keep pissing off the audience, I still, at the end of the day, would rec highly recommend Jujutsu Kaisen to anyone that just wants to enjoy a Shonen Jump. It is, it is the epitome of modern Shonen Jump. Okay. It's, it's got great characters. I think that its strength is its characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, the fights. Um, that's the thing I want to discussion about right now. Like, we're not, we're running out of time, but like, right. Um, uh, the, the the one discussion I've yet to have about Jujutsu Kaisen is. Technical versus thematic storytelling. Especially the thematic uh, fight, fights, action. And I find that Jujutsu Kaisen is very technical fighting. It's a technical battle shonen. Really? And what I mean is the fact that the characters are really fucking good. The action is very well drawn out and very fun. The story is boring. The Ouch. story is very bare bones, basic. You've read it a million times before in Shonen. And, and, and so I, I had a discussion previously. I used it as an example for adaptive versus innovative and where Jujutsu Kaisen is adaptive. It's the same old shit you've read before. And that goes the same for its action. It looks really good, but rarely do I feel like it derives a fucking meaning. Like an interesting meaning. Because there's definitely meaning. You wouldn't fucking be serialized and jump if you couldn't derive meaning in your fucking fights. Holy shit. You know, in a weird, but in a weird way of like, just not in an interesting way. It's just, it, 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 and it's not, and it, it's not even its fault, Freddy. Mm -hmm. It's a victim of its current um, cast. It, it, it's if it's contemporaries, Jujutsu Kaisen would be the greatest shonen ever if it came out like ten years ago. But today, we see a million things like it, and one of the things that's like it that's doing its job better is Chainsaw Man. Which uh... BT Dubs confirming my theory from last week. It seems like war is the protagonist, and Denji is our goal, our end goal, for part two. So, I'm excited. Chainsaw Man looks looks insane, but like an idea like in with Jujutsu Kaisen. Now that you're kind of bringing it up in this like mixed like D and D podcast, you could take then um, Jujutsu Kaisen sounds like then if it's like a bare bones story. If uh, people really like the show enough, you could probably take that and create a D and D based off of Jujutsu Kaisen. If you think about it, you absolutely, you 110% could, and you can all play Ascended Dragon Monks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's no, how it I fucking works. I want to play the warlock who uh, uses the the puppet. What was it? The puppet jutsu that girl uses? It's like a knife and a hammer. I mean, that looks not a knife, a nail. Oh, uh, maybe nail like a hammer. hammer punishment one. But no, there's a guy who, who. Okay, so there's a character again. It sounds fucking great. I just wish the story he was in was more interesting. There's a guy named like Mechamura, who like he's he's literally like a vegetable. And he literally like inserts his mind into puppets and, and, and a literal Eva robot. When I talk about adaptive storytelling, there's a part where there's a literal Eva 
giant mech fight. Oh, wow. It looks just like an Eva. And I'm like, bro, you could at least, like, try to be a little bit more different? Because this is cool. This is fucking cool. But, like, why is it literally an Ava? <laughs> Huh. Like this is this this could be a court case. So so it's so it's like a, a sorcery from Naruto, except like way bigger. Yes. Puppets. Oh, there's a lot of Naruto uh, comparisons for Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, you just reminded me. All right, I don't want to forget this. I'll be quick about this. Uh, the new build that I actually love. Like this is probably, I would say that I think this is my favorite build amongst anything I've made. It is. It's uh, in uh, one level into <laughs> one level into Div divine soul sorcerer. Um, and I'm making an artificer cleric multi-class and he quite literally is uh, he's like um, he's like Ida but he punches more than he kicks so like uh, okay. ha have you have you looked up artificers with the armorer setting ah uh, yes I'm aware of the armorer I'm I'm more partial to the battlesmith Battlesmith is is really epic like I like so with the armor though it's it's an action to don the armor on and off again so literally I have this like very socially awkward just like kooky kind of scientist like freakazoid lookalike character but like once he clicks like basically like the Iron Man like circle in his chest like he clicks it the armor just comes back on and he turns into you know, M hero is short for metal hero. And he just, I literally run around because I've got dual wielder because the gauntlets count as weapons. So I can run around. I just punch everything. It's, it's, that's fucking sick. It's maddening. So I get to like switch from beings like, hi, I'm a Han Krepsley. <laughs> I sound like that, like Joker guy. Turn into M hero. It's, that's probably been my favorite build out of anything I've made. Yeah, I got a, I got a fucking artificer for you too. Um, well, uh, so I I like to do so I like the artificer I like the I like the battlesmith artificer because I like builds that are sad and what I mean is not that they're sad like they're depressed what but it's called single attribute dependent characters oh. where you can pull everything you do into one feature that being for the artificer it's intelligence yes everything's built into intelligence basically a battlesmith. Their intelligent modifier goes into their melee attacks. Yep, S same thing with the armor. Which I like, love that. I Whereas, it, like, like the hex blade is another example where all your attacks go into your charisma stat. So mm -hmm. a lot of people like to um, dual, like to um, multi-class into a hex blade with their paladins or other uh, melee characters. Or uh, yeah, because because yeah. then all your attacks are through charisma and, and your social stuff's charisma. You're more charisma dependent, and that makes you more of a niche within your team. You're the charisma guy, or as the artificer's case, you're all intelligence, and I like that. So I like to do a build where um, I um, I use because because the Valsman not only are they have their intelligence modifier, they also get a um, a robot companion. Yep. That attacks on its own turns. So I like to get a little bit of um, I think it's sorcerer or something involved where they can use um, gr shrink grow. What's the spell? oh it's a enlarge reduce. Enlarge reduce. Enlarge on the companion oh and God. make it a giant mech that you can ride. That's amazing, actually. <laughs> and it's fucking sick. And you get all those artificer weapons where you can like bolster yourself. So you're basically piling and you're practically fucking invincible in this fight. You have to destroy the tank before you can destroy the artificer. And I fucking love it, dude. That's why. And, I and then I and then I and then I get feats like fucking like um mm -hmm. uh. We ride something. Fuck. I don't know why I'm, my mind's brain oh. farting right now. It's probably because like we're close to our time. Um, it's the, it's the stuff like the Cavalier where like we ride something. A mount. You mount, mount. Mount. Yeah, you're right. A mount expert where basically, um, I can I can use my reaction. So basically, like in order to kill Artificer, you gotta kill the mech first. But then I use mount the the uh, the mount feature where I can use a reaction where they have to attack me instead of the mount. And I have a high-ass fucking AC just by myself. And, and that's why I just become a fucking bitch to attack. I love artificers. They're actually really fucking Artificers good. are escalation. Like, they are crazy. That is, like, power creep crazy. But the thing, like, you know, with um, uh, with your artificer build, so with the enlarge reduce, like, dude, I, I forgot that we can do this. Tech, uh, technically. We can make scrolls. So if you ever wanted to make, like, an enlarge reduce I was, scroll, that's you my can issue. Do that. that's, that's my big issue with artificer. There's almost too much to fucking do. That's true. You, you could have a lot of. I can't even keep track of my fucking monk. I keep forgetting shit. And that's why, like, like, uh, like, I mentioned cleric before with the uh, the Krepsley that artificer build, just because like I wanted to have like additional bit of healing. 
but that's why I threw in like Twilight Domain because I don't really have to think about the healing. It just kind of comes out with happens, the, uh, right? Yeah, it, it's so stupid, broken, and that's. But you know, with the artificial stuff, like yeah, you know, maybe keep like a like a side of like notes or something or reminders of what to do. Because if you're a prepared artificer, can almost take on any role if you think about it. It's nuts. Yes, they're very, they're very, they're very independent. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we uh, stop the train? Oh, man. I don't want to get off this train. <laughs> I know you love it too much. You're like our number one fan. Like, you keep messaging me, like, trying to talk about shit that happened on an episode. You know what? I'm sorry. You can't You can't make me leave. I'm going to go live on the roof. This is my train now. I'm the train king. You're a vagabond. All right. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the top of the train. We're getting out of here. Take care, everyone. Um, actually, before I go, I want to tell the audience, um, we will be off for two weeks. Our editor is moving cross country. So when we return, me and Val are going to have a special 25th anniversary episode in two weeks. Because that next episode will be episode 25. So get excited for that. Woo! And y'all take care. It's freaking cold up here! Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Death Battle, Tribe 9, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode was edited by Stina Carey with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Austin, Gooner Bear, Jelly Donut, and Fluffy Giggles McCool Kid. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast, and crew, or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.